Welcome to Hometown Highlights, where we sit down with professionals, business owners, and community members. There are so many unique and incredible stories in the individuals and businesses that surround us every day. Here on Hometown Highlights, we bring attention to these stories and bring them to the spotlight. We also want to thank our sponsors at Hitchings Insurance. We appreciate their support in creating this podcast. Now, let's jump into the conversation. We want to welcome you to another episode of Hometown Highlights. We have a special guest today, Miss Andrea Sorf from Graytown, Ohio. She is the swim coach up at Oak Harbor. Um, she is married to Jeff. She has three children, Elise, Austin, and Avery. No pets. Uh, they've tried that and it didn't go well. We'll get more on that. Uh, she's the head varsity swimming coach up at Oak Harbor. It has been for the last 19 years. She is heavily involved, all things swimming. Um, education for children. Um, there's all sorts of things that, that she is involved with there professionally. Um, she has a serious love for, for swimming um, and students and young people along with her children. Uh, some of her hobbies, coaching, watching children in their endeavors. Um, and she does like to bake and cook as, as well in, in her free time, what little free time she has that is. Um, her, her mentor in life was her father, uh, Ron. He's, she mentions him as a hard worker and a fighter, and even at 76, he still tinkers in the shop and is always ahead, always look, always thinking and looking ahead for the next project to be done. Um, he gives selfless, uh, gives selflessly with no explanation for a, for a return favor. So we want to welcome Andrea. How are you today? Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you. Um, when we get these, um, you know, these questionnaires back and we get recommendations from you know athletic directors or key community members uh they're always interesting to me you know the first thing we do we read through them then we do a google search and and see what pops up and it's like we're just outside of like the immediate geographic area of oak harbor once i once i dug in i was like oh my gosh she is super super connected in, in the swimming community and you've had like so much success. So it was really interesting for me to dig in. Um, so thank you for joining us. I'm really looking forward to this, this conversation. As am I. Thank yeah. You. Dom, my co-host, how are you today? Good. Good. Doing great. Great day, isn't it? So we'll start off with some icebreakers, Andrea. Are you an Android or an iPhone user? I am iPhone, Apple all the way. We, we we would make Steve Jobs very, very happy, wouldn't we, Dom? Yes, we would. He'd be proud of this group here. Yes. this uh, I want to say it's like 96% iPhone users, so they've done something special over there at that company. Um, and, Andrea, are you a morning or a night person? Definitely morning. I'm to the point... I don't even, if my alarm doesn't go off, I'm, I'm still up or I'm up prior to it going off. It, on the weekends, I'm up at the same time, no matter what, no matter what time I go to bed, we're, we are rise and shine. <laughs> Most coaches that we interview or have interviewed typically are morning. I think we've had one that said he's an evening person since we've started this. That sound wow. right, Dom? Uh, sounds about right. So it oh, must be something just instinctively. With coaches, they enjoy the mornings a little bit better, a little easier. Probably a lot of morning practices and long days, and yeah, we're sort of plays into it. 
we're at the pool in the water by 545, three days of the week during the season. So yeah, yeah definitely up early. <laughs> yeah. So you've, let, let's just jump in. Dom, you want to take it away from, and let's get Andrea's story. Yes. Before we jump in fully to your story though, I am really interested to hear the story behind the pets and what, what, what happened there, what kind of pets and well, what was wrong. The, uh, one of my former swimmers, they have goats and cats and what have you, and they had kittens and they were trying to get rid of them. So, okay, we'll take a couple kittens. The kids convinced me. So we brought the cats home and, you know, naming the pets is always a very big deal. Well, the children decided to name one of the cats Squishy. And as you can imagine, (laughs) that is eventually what happened to that said cat. (sighs) Um, so the other one did have kittens, but they all, I mean, the, the last ones, one disappeared, never came back. The other one came back. And so we contacted the vet, even though we told the kids, we, we can't, we can't afford this. It's an outdoor pet. We're not going to do this. I think there was going to be like a thousand dollars worth of medical bills. So my husband took the cat to the, uh, local center and had it put down and we just said, no more, (laughs) we can't do this. (laughs) Didn't end well is an understatement. I'm sorry. Didn't well is an understatement, right? The yeah. <laughs> didn't end well at all. Wow. Okay. Well, now that we know that little piece of information, I was curious <laughs> about that. So let's jump in, I guess, with your uh, your story and kind of your history, you know, at Oak Harbor. But let's start with uh, just most recently. How did the last season go? Um, I'm assuming just recently ended that swimming season. How did that 21-22 season go? Yeah, um, it went really well. So I coached both the uh, men and women at Oak Harbor. Um, the, the women had a little bit more successful of a season than the boys. Um, the women finished 12th place as a team at the state meet, and we were third overall at the district meet. They sent six athletes to state. In um, there's, there's only three relays possible in swimming, and we sent one in each of those relay events. And then I had two other swimmers qualify individually, um, one in two events and the other one was just in one event. Uh, the boys on the flip side, they were just ecstatic to get to state. We weren't quite sure how this season was going to go, um, early on. I, I have an idea every year of what it takes to get to state. Um, the way it works is the top 24 swimmers across the state qualify for state. You have two automatics from each of the four districts. And then the next top times, 16 top times. So between years, you can kind of look and see if the trend is faster times, slower times, or right about where you have to be. Um, so they were ecstatic to get to state. They got there in two different relays, uh, five boys, I believe, in two different relays, and then four individual swims. Uh, they were not able to score at the state meet or even get on to uh, the final day of competition. But a week prior, we were just elated to be swimming another week with another opportunity. Um, so they did, they did very well. Awesome. That's cool to hear. Yeah. Always a good thing. You know, when you can send both from both sides to state, being able to compete at that next level, um, you know, being able to just travel there and it's cool, you know, obviously with the amount of years of experience you have that you said that, you know, you pretty much know what it takes to get there. You know, it's not, um, yeah, just through that experience, it's, it's not just a throw in a dart at the board, but these are the times you need to hit. This is what we need to do throughout the season, throughout the off season, if you want to make it to the state meet. Right. 
Yep. And what made it a little extra special this year, my daughter is a sophomore and I have twin nephews that are juniors. So they're, it, it's, it, it gives an extra element of stress on, on how they're doing, uh, you know, on those days where they've got to be at their best, but it's a whole extra level of excitement at the same time. That's cool. How do you, I was going to ask that actually the next question, because as I was looking into it, I thought that it looked like you had a couple of nephews um, on the team. I knew that your daughter was swimming. How is that dynamic, especially with, again, the amount of experience you've had coaching, but now recently, you know, coaching um, your own daughter and then with the nephews as well. How is that dynamic different or is it any, or do you treat it, you know, the same way as the other athletes? I am for sure tougher on my own children. Um, and as you've said before, I'm kind of all things swimming at Oak Harbor. So I've been coaching them since they were five mm-hmm. and six years old. And it's a really hard line between when I'm coach and when I'm mom. And we've talked about it a long time, you know, on the deck, I'm coach. When we leave this place, I'm mom. And um, it seemed like we had it kind of down with my daughter, Elise. And then once we got into high school and, you know, they're tired, they're hungry, they're sick of the hard practices. Sometimes I get a little bit of a catty response, but for the most part, it's been um, really great. And I tease my nephews. They're always the first ones out of the locker room to help set up the pool every day, get the lane line lane lines in and everything. And I said, I really think the reason why you're out first is so you can kind of check out my temperament to see how the day went and how you should handle me. Um, but they're kind of the um, enforcers on the team that if somebody's out of line, hey, you, you know, hush, get in line, listen, we've got, we've got work to do. So it, it's, it's worked out really well. The next year will be tough. I, my, my middle child will be a freshman and he's the one that's been thrown out of practice a few times because he doesn't uh, see eye to eye with the coach. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes next year. <laughs> cool. Another, another element to add to the mix. Yep. <laughs> yes. So let's go, I'm interested. Let's go back in time then. So you're a graduate of Oak Harbor high school. Yes. When you graduated, did you know, or was the plan to come back to Oak Harbor and you wanted to coach, you wanted to teach, or did that just kind of work out? How did that dynamic uh, work for you post high school? I actually, I, as long as I can remember, I've wanted to teach. And I went to Bowling Green State University, got the degree, did all of that. And, you know, I always thought I could come back to this community. Um, my parents were farmers. We actually are farmers now ourselves. We have a small piece of property. Um, and there were openings at the time. And um, the first round of interviews, um, someone else was chosen. And meanwhile, I took a job at a charter school in East Toledo. So I had um, a rough few, first few years of teaching. Um, and then it was kind of, well, I have this coaching background. Maybe that can help me get a job. And that was the initial thought was, hey, this, this is a tool I can use to get a job. And then it kind of became me and who I am. Hmm. But what's interesting about that is even when I was still in high school, I helped my high school coach run the summer program. So maybe Maybe it was already, you know, in the mix and fate was working out well before it, it actually did. Um, but it, I, I can't see myself doing anything other than coaching at this point. It's just such a part of me. Yeah, that's cool that, uh, you know, even before you had even planned or even thought about the coaching aspect that you kind of had a little bit of that experience uh, at the high school level as well when you were in high school. So did you, 
on day one, did you start coaching and teaching at the same time at Oak Harbor then? No, I actually was coaching at Oak Harbor for those two years while I was still working at the charter school in East Toledo. Okay. So that was kind of a rough, I'd come to practice in the morning, drive to East Toledo, come back and have practice in the afternoon. So, uh, but there were no children for the first few years that I did that. So I was able to um, manage that kind of schedule. Yeah. Nice. So over the course of, you know, 19 seasons then that you've been at Oak Harbor coaching, um, you know, kind of a general question, but are there any specific seasons, good or bad, that specifically stand out to you? Um, last year was, was my best year ever, um, in terms of wins and in terms of where athletes placed at state. Um, I had a swimmer, top-notch swimmer that was a senior. Um, the unfortunate part is she's actually old enough to still be a senior this year. Parents started her early in school. Um, instead Mm -hmm. she's on swimming in college and quite successful there, but I had this large group of freshmen come in, um, and honestly, as I'm a little getting off track, there's been this little group of swimmers, same age and gender as each of my children, as they've started to come through the system. So the, the influx of freshmen was around my daughter and her friends that came in and they just had a heck of a season. But then you put the whole twist of COVID on it and who's being quarantined and how does that affect everything? There were swim meets canceled. There were, it was just absolutely crazy. Um, We were very fortunate to have a school district that once we had the initial shutdown in the spring, we went back to school face-to-face every single day last school year. We didn't Mm. miss a single day. Um, So then you still have the quarantining aspect, but by Christmas break, we had already kind of been on the forefront of, okay, if you're wearing a mask and you're exposed, you're still okay. So we were fortunate because Christmas break is so crazy with training. We do two days plus lifting and all of that. You, you really have a hard time being out sick after Christmas break. You're not going to make up that training. Um, so we were fortunate that for the most part, everyone stayed healthy and had a great end of the season. Um, we were, the girls were fifth place that year at state overall. We were the top public school in the state and and let me think, we won all three relays at districts, all three relays, then medaled at state. They were in the top eight. And then I had um, Elena, who is my freshman now at Bowling Green State University. She was top eight in her two individual events. And then we had some of the freshmen qualified as well in, in an individual event. So it was it was kind of a fairy tale end at the state meet when everything came together for us. Um, the boys had a big season a couple of years prior to this one, um, I had, I want to say there were six or seven kids that qualified for state, um, two years ago with the boys and they weren't quite as successful as the girls, but it's just so neat to get to that level and take so many athletes and experience all of that. Because I remember my first few years of coaching, we didn't go to the state meet and it never felt like it was a complete season until we were able to get down to Canton and experience that. And then over the years, we went from let's just make it to state. And now it's okay. let's do something when we get there. Let's let's get on the podium. Let's make ourselves known. And it it certainly has come through fruition over those past 19 years. 
Yeah. Cool to see the program, you know, just evolve and develop over the years as well. And just those expectations and just as, you know, again, obviously being the coach, being a part of that program, just seeing it over the years, continuously improvements. And once you reach this bar, let's go for this bar. Once you reach that one onto the next one and just always shooting for the moon. Absolutely. And it's, I've talked to other coaches. It's interesting how each year you kind of change your um, end of season goals and expectations around who you have. You know, we can only coach who walks through our doors. So sometimes I literally have swimmers I'm teaching swimming lessons to. How do you how do you breathe when you swim? All the way up to okay, this is a kid that can go to state and do well. How do you, I've got to manage all aspects of that spectrum, and it's it's tough, but it's incredibly rewarding too. Yeah, Andrea, what was your um, what was your career like when you when you swam? Did you have success at state and so forth? I did. Um, I was fortunate. So my coach, uh, Bob Van Horn, was the original coach when our facility was built. And I'm trying to think it was built in 84 or 86. So I kind of like my daughter and her friends, I am a year older than his daughter was. So we were kind of the pocket of girls around her. Um, Now, back when I swam, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, um, (laughs) There was only one division for both boys and girls in the state meet. So we actually, all four years, I was a state qualifier on relays. Um, I never made it individually, but we, I want to say we placed top eight all four years um, in the medley relay. And, and then I went in other relays along and I don't remember what those places were, but we, we were successful. It was a successful program at that time, for sure. Boys and girls. Yeah. So you kind of you're able to speak from experience what it feels like to get to that level. Right. So I, yeah. it's interesting to me though, because swimming is so much different than, so I played college basketball and so forth. You know, the time you roughly, you know, the time you need to get your athletes at to make it to that. And, and you, so you're actually working backwards, right? What does it take to get to this time? How yeah. strong, what kind of form there's all, I'm sure there's all sorts of, technical things that you're coaching to, to get their speed up, right. And get their endurance up. Yes. So it's, it's really interesting to me because when you're in basketball, you're trying to outscore the next guy and you don't know what that score is. So it, it's just, I don't, you're still competing at a championship level. I, it, it's, it's really interesting to me to, t- to talk with you because the sport is so much different than anything I'm used to. But at the end of the day, you're, you're, what you're trying to do is to get the best out of your athletes, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can relate a little bit, um, you know, to kind of what you were explaining, Andrea. So I was a runner, uh, ran cross country and track and yeah, I remember it being kind of like what Ryan was describing that time aspect. It's you know what, this is the time that it takes to go to state. This is the time that it takes to whatever, you know, qualifications you're looking for. Um, kind of knowing a time and yet working, I guess I've never really thought about that until the way you explained it, Ryan, just like the backwards thinking compared to some other traditional sports. Cool. So you mentioned then Andrea, as far as the success of last season. So at the end of last season, you know, there were several, um, you know, honors and such that you had, you know, including being the, the OHSAA girl swimming coach of the year, and there was also, you know, you were the D2 coach of the year as well. Um, again, especially with the amount of time that you have spent coaching and then to have these, you know, huge rewards um, and accomplishments at that time, you know, what was that feeling like in order to receive that honor from the state? 
Um, it was definitely surprising. I mean, I knew I had a good group of girls and I had been district coach of the year a couple of times throughout my career. And to then be state coach of the year for division two, then I was named overall girls coach of the year for the state of Ohio. And then I'm not sure if I included that. I was named regional coach of the year as well. There were eight regions in the country and I received that honor. Um, I did not, however, get national coach of the year. Um, but, it, and, and I honestly didn't think I had a shot in the dark at, at anything above the state coach of the year. Um, you know, that that's kind of the icing on the cake. You know, you hit it on the head when you introduced me that I do all things swimming. I, I love to be around children and I want to encourage and coach and teach. And I'm one of the lucky coaches that was given a gift of talented athletes to get those recognitions. There's plenty of coaches out there that are doing the same thing, you know, teaching work ethic, responsibility, perseverance, all those things we want our children to learn so they can be successful adults. I'm just fortunate enough that I was able to be recognized at another level, even though we're all doing the same thing. You know, that's kind of the the bonus, I guess, of, of what we do. Your talent is one thing, but I don't know. There's there's just a different. You're right. There are, coaches are are teaching young people how to be how to be professional adults and how how to preparing them for life. Essentially, you're teaching them responsibility. But there's also another level. You don't, you don't get to be the the coach of you know the of of the whole state of Ohio. I mean. Yes, you have athletes, but you're also there's technique in there and there's other things that you're pushing them across the, the finish line, too. So I think it's multifaceted and I don't know that you're giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> that was a very humble response. Very humble. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, and, and you're right there. I spend countless hours at the pool. Um, you know, like I said earlier, morning swim. I'm, I'm here by 515. We get in the water for an hour and a half. I teach all day, go back down to the pool um, they swim an hour and a half. They lift another 45 minutes to an hour and then they get to go home. I don't go home. I stay and work with the next level of middle school athletes or my club athletes. And there's some days that I still don't go home after that because we have the community swim club and swim lessons. So I actually employ a number of my athletes to teach lessons during that time. So if we don't have someone show up, we don't have a lifeguard to manage, um, you know, from above, I'll stay and I'll do that. So, um, you know, I, I like how you gave my husband some recognition to to begin with, but he he runs the household, you know, and it may not be done to my specifications, but it, it takes our whole family to make what I do work. And honestly, this year, um, when I go into the weight room, I have um, another coach on on deck with the USA group. That's the club group and the middle school group. And I actually enlisted my husband to come help out with the, the lower level swimmers because he knows enough information about swimming now after, you know, being stuck with me for 19 years and listening to it that, that he can teach some of those basic skills at that level to get them ready for as they, you know, they age up. So you're right. It was a humble response, but at the same time, we, I feel that all good coaches are, are trying to prepare those, those athletes for life afterwards. and. Um, I believe that there's a community of athletes, no matter what sport you're in, once you graduate and you meet new people and you can talk about the sports or activities that you did while you were in school, there's, 
there's this community of, oh, <laughs> I know exactly what you went through for your training when you were in high school. I'm so sorry. You know, there, there's a community that goes with that. Um, I think I got off track there, but. <laughs> no, Dom, Dom and I had a meeting this morning. Um, we, we do a, a fundamental here at the office and it was practice blameless problem solving. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but to get to the root of every issue, it takes five levels. And, and what you just went over is that five levels to get to your why. So you gave us a very humble response, but then you got into, I teach this, I stay after and do this, I'm with this program. And I, I think that's the difference. It's all the extra things. You're working on your feeder system, everybody that's coming up to you. You know, those are your next athletes. You're 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 molding them at a young age. You're teaching them those techniques, what it takes to swim for you. Ultimately, what is going to give those kids and yourself positive results. So that, that I think it's that five level thing to get to to really what is going on and, and why you have so much you know success. So thank you for digging in there and sharing that. I think that's really important for you know young people to to hear and and you know for adults to hear that. It takes a lot of work to have success, and I think you can always use that iceberg. Like you, everybody always sees the tip, but it's that you know those three miles that are buried under the water that people don't see. I think it right. really relates to what you're doing. So kudos to you for that. Thank you. And there's also the time commitment involved with that too. You know, this wasn't something that happened in your first year. You know, you weren't the coach of the year in your first year. And it's something that, again, like we mentioned before as well, just the program continuously developing and you developing as a coach and as an individual and being able to walk alongside these student athletes. Um, I'm sure that that has continuously progressed as well. And, uh, and with that, you know, you mentioned that one of your strengths was your ability to connect with the students and the athletes, make them feel important and needed. Um, you know, can you dive into a little bit more about that and what you meant with that and, or how do you, you know, relay that to your student athletes? Sure. Um, every day, like I said, so we have two, one and a half hour in water practices and I've got, um, roughly about 30 athletes every year. I make it a point to talk to every single athlete, every single day, it could be about swimming. It could be about technique. Generally, it's I talk to everybody about technique, but then I also make a point to talk to them um, outside of school or out, outside of or in a way outside of the swimming realm. You know, how are you doing? How's mom? How's dad? How's your siblings? How was school today? And I, I, I guess I'm personable with them and they appreciate that and know that they can talk to me about issues outside of school. Um, for instance, when I was collecting warmups this year, I had a student come to me and, and a swimmer come to me and she's all upset. Well, I thought, cause I had heard she really was missing swimming. I thought, Oh, you're missing me that much. Oh no. She was having an issue with a class and needed help, extra help with the teacher. So I coached her through that. You know, it's, it's all those other connections that you can make with your athletes to make sure, or any other human in any realm to make them feel as though they are important. And if kids think that they're important to you, they're willing to do more for you. And that's, that's an aspect again, in any avenue of your life, 
if you can make someone feel as if they're important to you, then you kind of have, you have them in your pocket and can, can get what you need from them. I guess that kind of sounds like I manipulate, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's cool. Yeah. Positive mentor in their life. Right. Yes. I, I certainly hope that I am. Um, that's the way I try to try to come across and carry myself for sure. Yeah. And I love the little tidbit, you know, you're saying about just talking to every single athlete every day, you know, it doesn't have to be some in-depth conversation, but whether it's swimming, whether it's life, whatever it is, just being able to have some form of communication with every single athlete every day. Um, I think that is a great piece of advice, especially a, a very practical and simple piece of advice as well, just to be able to maintain that relationship with all your athletes. Well, and you would be surprised. Um, in my earlier years, I had a swimmer. I'm trying to think if he had ever swam before high school. His name was LJ. And he actually, believe it or not, I've been the subject of athlete speeches in English language arts class, their essays, whatever. And I went to his graduation party and I was only his coach for two years. I, I, I'm, I'm remembering as we're talking. Um, he was a junior when I first started coaching. And I read the essay that he had turned in about me. And the first paragraph was, my name is two letters. And you would be surprised how many people don't know my name because he was, he was quiet. He was reserved. You know, he, he didn't bring any attention to himself. And in it, it was coach Sorg knew me from day one and talked to me every day. And it's the kind of thing that you don't think about. You just know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to, to people. And you have no idea what kind of impact that has, you know, and I'm fortunate that I was able to read that, you know, writing. Otherwise I never would have known it either. Mm. That's cool. That's a cool little story that, um, yeah. And you were able to find out, you know, the impact you're able to make on him. Uh, and then it just makes you think like how many other athletes have you had that similar impact on that you never even knew. You right. Know? Right. Cool. So looking at, uh, the future then, you know, I mean, you, we briefly mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, Austin being in high school next year and being able to coach two of your children. Um, but what does the future near future look like for the swimming program at Oak Harbor? My hope is, and as you mentioned, I have a third child, he's in third grade and he's quite the little swimmer and stinker. Um, my goal is to coach until he is through high school. And I've already started looking at, okay, who's going to take over after me? Because I don't want to leave a program. One, I don't want to leave one in shambles. You know, I, my coach left um, the year after I graduated. And then there was a new coach every year until I started. So by the time I came back, it was starting over really from, from almost square one. I don't want to leave that for someone else. I don't want that to be my legacy. I want to leave when the program is still is still on the up and up. Um, we've talked about, and I'm sure if my family watches it, they're going to say, why did you say this? Um, but my nephews um, have a knack for, for coaching. Uh, my daughter seems to have a knack for coaching. She has not expressed an interest in teaching, though. One of my nephews has. So I've kind of talked about, well, if you go to school and you become a teacher, you can be my assistant for a while and then I'll flip and be your assistant and help you. But that means no morning swims out of me. And that means I can go on Christmas vacation, this, you know, in, <laughs> in those years. Um, so that's honestly, that's my hope is to continue to be a strong, strong program and 
for other teams across the state to know that when they see Oak Harbor, that there's, there's something special there. There's, Mm. they need to watch out for those Oak Harbor swimmers. And I would love nothing more than, you know, to, to be in a wheelchair or a little hover around one day and coming to Oak Harbor high school and watching fast swimming, honestly, and hopefully grandchildren in it one day. (laughs) That's awesome. That's cool to see your heart, you know, for the program, for the school, um, you know, I mean, your youngest son, Avery is in third grade. So the fact that, you know, you still have a couple more years until he graduates high school, but you're already thinking of, you know, that, um, I don't want your exit plan or leaving, you know, that coaching, but knowing already at this point, how do I, what processes do I put in place in order for this program and for this school to continue to have success after I need to step out of here? Um, I think that's really cool and just shares, uh, shows a lot about you um, and, again, your love for the school and for the program and the swimming team at Oak Harbor. Yeah, thank you. I Really, when you – and I think this is of any coach and of any program that's successful, you're going to be hard to replace. No matter who you are, you're hard to replace. So I think you need to start looking early on to find someone that's the perfect fit because you don't want to see something that you've worked so hard to build to fall apart either. So, and it kind of goes back to when I said that I helped my coach when I was still in high school, I, I actually, I'm thinking of it now. I'm surprised. I never did ask him like, was this kind of your exit plan? You know, did Mm. you see at that point in time that I might be the next Bob Van Horn at at Oak Harbor high school, you know, and and maybe it was his plan all along. (laughs) That's cool. That is cool. So as we wrap up um, the interview here today with you, Andrea, so, you know, here on the hometown highlights podcast, we have a strong emphasis on the community and, you know, what that community means to you. Obviously we've touched on it on, you know, at various levels uh, throughout this conversation today, but, you know, in your case, Oak Harbor graduate, you come back to Oak Harbor teacher coach for several years. And obviously talk about the success in that program and even just your heart behind, you know, wanting to leave it in good hands um, can you kind of explain for, you know, our listeners, like what does community mean to you and how has that Oak Harbor community supported you as an athlete? And then now as a coach, you know, and as a, as a teacher as well. Well, you know, the adage, it takes a village um, to raise children. It, it really does. And, you know, we are a small town community and growing up, if, if I did something wrong, my mom was in the school system. So those teachers have already said something to my mom before I get home, you know, at the dinner Mm. table that night. Not that I was a bad kid, but, you know, even if there was something funny that was said in class, um, there's there was just such an incredible amount of support from um, parents, from my friends, from teachers growing up. We, We really are a top notch school district. And to be able to come back and give that love of learning and success in any avenue that you want to talk about to my students and my athletes is is really something special and unique. Um, You know, I know that I have uh, fellow classmates that couldn't wait to get out of Oak Harbor and they live in the big city and they they live and go about their life and they're happy. You know, when I when I look at the world now that I have a few more years under me, I I can't imagine that I want to live anywhere else. You know, small town. I don't have to have curtains on my windows because there's nothing but fields around the house. You know, 
Um, it was long distance to call the neighbor growing up. We built a house right next to my parents. I mean, we're, I, my roots are definitely here and laid down here and um, plan to stay. And it's neat to be back working in a building with these students and being able to give them the top-notch education that I was given and the same opportunities as athletes when they walk into that swimming pool as I was given as well. Yeah, that is that small town feel. You you cannot beat it. Uh, yeah, all three of us here, you know, small town from small towns, and um, yeah, you know, it's just a whole different kind of lifestyle than trying to live in, you know, some uh, in a larger city. And obviously, everybody has their own their own taste and what they you know want to live and what works best for them. Uh, but yeah, you know, the privacy, the community support, uh, yeah, that hometown is can't can be matched. Right. I mean, there, there are some busybodies and there are some, you know, (laughs) gossip rumor mills and all of that, but you really, (laughs) but at the same time, you can't beat it. You know, if, if there's something going on in my yard, my parents are on the phone immediately, you know, we've kind of got neighborhood watchdogs and, and all of that kind of stuff. It's just, it's, it's just a neat community. Everybody knows everybody. Good and bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, you know, coming on to our show and just sharing your story. Uh, it's been really cool. This kind of highlighting what you are doing in your community uh, through the swimming program and, you know, through the school system as well. Um, and we're just wishing nothing but the best for the program moving forward, um, you know, and hopefully you can find that positive replacement to be able to keep that program, you know, in good hands long-term. Thank you so much. I was, I was honored to find out I was selected to be on it and um, I've enjoyed my time with both of you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. That was so much fun. Thank you. I had fun too. <laughs> Good. This has been the hometown highlights podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation for similar interviews. You can subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again to our sponsors at Hitchings insurance. Thanks for your time. And we look forward to the next show.